0: You are now, you listening, are now to listening to the to Rival, Rival Fantasy Sports podcast. Let's go! What up? What up? What up? What up? Rival Fantasy listeners, it's your boy Neil Maligno. We are fresh off a Super Bowl. It was it was a good game, right? Like overall, just 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 from a overall point of view, it was a a fun game. It was a close enough game where it kept you in it, you know, from from kickoff to the end of the game. The commercials were good. The halftime show was fire. Everything overall was a really good game. I mean, I don't know, you know, it's not going to have its its historic moments in terms of like, you know, a team coming back from a dramatic uh, deficit like the Patriots and the Falcons. It's not, I mean, potentially, you know, you can get some kind of dynasty run here from the Rams. I doubt it. Um, that'll that'll make it like more memorable, like the start of something special. Um, But but it had its moments. It had its moments. And, you know, we're going to talk about the three biggest takeaways, the three biggest takeaways that I felt were compelling, that were worth talking about, um, while a lot of people were hating and and doubting and and not excited about this game going into it, or after the fact. Again, some people just feel like it's just one of those Super Bowls that, you know, eventually be forgotten or not forgotten necessarily because obviously all Super Bowls are memorable, but it's one of those that just won't have its thing. You know, who it just doesn't have its moment that was super important. But I feel like there are some big takeaways. And we'll start with number one. That is that the Rams trading all those draft picks away actually paid off. I'll admit I was critical of it. Um I, I, I enjoy a team you know, keeping his draft picks. I'm a fan of a team having all of his draft picks or more than the draft picks. Are, you know, they start with everyone gets by default. Um, and 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 the Rams just kept trading them and trading them and trading them. I don't think they had a first round pick. I think it was seven or eight years. Um, and so I was critical of that, especially when they're not winning Super Bowls. Right. Like if you don't win the Super Bowl, trading all those picks are kind of for nothing. Uh, no, nothing else that you do would justify uh, trading away so many draft picks, right? Like you can have a, a pretty good team, you can make the playoffs, um, you can have fans excited about the team. But in reality, when you keep trading away first round draft picks or trading away half your draft, um, that tends and in most cases wears on a team, an organization, its fans, everything. So when the Rams were doing this and not winning Super Bowls, um, I was super critical of it. Here, we have a moment where it actually paid off. And I think that's super important to talk about. I think it's super relevant. Um, And so, you know, if you just think back, right, let's let's just think back about the, the draft picks that this team ha- has traded, even just in 2022, right? They traded their first round draft pick. Um, That was part of the Matthew Stafford trade. They traded their second and third round picks for 2022 for Von Miller. They traded their fourth round pick, I believe it was. Um, for Van, who uh, oh, they uh, I'm trying to think the 2022 fourth round pick, I believe, uh, it was traded to the Texans, uh, with Brandon Cooks, and that was for a 2020 pick that they used, um, to drive Van Jefferson. That's right. Then they traded the uh, sixth round pick, I believe it was for Sony Michelle, Sonny Michelle from the Patriots. So I mean, that's just 2022. Again, we're talking about a team who hasn't had a first round draft pick in seven seasons, eight seasons, something like that. Um, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. They, you know, they traded for Jalen Ramsey, they gave up a bunch of picks, they gave up a bunch of picks for Stafford in the trade. Um, it just kept happening and happening and happening. And again, if it never paid off in terms of a Super Bowl, because that's the only thing that I'm qualifying here that would justify it for me if my team was trading first round draft picks i don't care if it's the best cornerback in the game the best quarterback in the game if ultimately that doesn't turn into a super bowl um appearance win, all that good stuff then I, i have to feel like it's a it's a bad deal right or unless you get like the quarterback of the future not a vet right like you 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 trade future draft picks because you're set on this one first round pick that you want um, for this, you know, quarterback that you feel like is going to change the the fate of your organization for ten for the next ten seasons or whatever it is, um, that's really the only, only thing I could think of that would justify it besides Super Bowl championship. So, in this situation, the Rams won a Super Bowl, and I'm kind of happy about that for them. I'm happy about that for them because I would really hate for the Rams fans and you guys know I'm a Raiders fan, right? But still, just for the love of the game, if, if the Raiders were doing something like this, I would feel shitty right i would feel bad about it um, if we just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and then no super bowls came out about it so um, i'm not mad at it i know a lot of people are like oh they're buying super bowls in a way by trading all their draft picks away and uh, you can knock it all you want but it worked. and a super bowl is like it, it, it is the most elusive thing in football it is the hardest thing to get to it's the ultimate goal and if your team does it it's hard for me to knock anything else around that team. It is. It's damn near impossible because some teams will never see that. Fans wait their whole life sometimes for a Super Bowl. So I'm not going to knock them anymore. The Rams have officially removed themselves from my criticism and <laughs> my negative feedback of trading all the first round draft picks and all their draft picks besides the first round draft picks. You guys beat me. You got it. You got a Super Bowl. Congratulations. Trading all the draft picks worked. On to number two. Cooper Cup is super, super, super legit. Listen, I've had conversations about him, right? And in fantasy, when you have the conversation about Cooper Cup in fantasy circles, DFS, fantasy football, all this kind of stuff, you're going to have a different conversation like you would with all players when it comes to real-life football. When it comes to the actual effects of this player on the football team, not fantasy purposes, but just on the football team. If we run down the accolades, the achievements from Cooper cup this season, just going off ESPN.com. He became only the second player to win receiving triple crown. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Became only the second player to win the receiving triple crown NFL offensive player of the year and super bowl MVP joining Jerry Rice. Rice accomplished all those things in a whole career. Cup did it in one season. He set a record for receptions, 33, tied for the second most receiving yards, 478, and receiving touchdowns, six, in postseason NFL history. He caught a touchdown in each of the Rams' four postseason games, making him the second player in league history to do that in a single postseason, along with uh, Larry Fitzgerald. He joined... San Francisco 49ers quarterback Joe Montana as the only player to win offensive MVP. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Offensive player of the year and Super Bowl MVP in the same season and became the first player to lead the league in receiving and win a Super Bowl since Jerry Rice in 1984. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Listen, I don't want to hear your negative feelings or the feeling that you think he's going to go backwards and not produce the same or that he's just a sy- system wide receiver in a sense if, he, if if any wide receiver was put in this position he could do similar things i don't agree with you and i don't care if you're talking fancy football i don't care if you're talking real life football i don't care what you're talking about cooper cup is special cooper cup is a special wide receiver it just it's just it's just a fact it's just a fact And he's such a good dude. He seems like such a good dude. I mean, from what we see on the surface, right, from the interviews and how he was speaking after the game and how he talks about his family. And dude is a good guy. There's no way I cannot root for this dude. Like, honestly, it's just amazing. His family supports him like crazy. He's an easy guy to root for. Yards after the catch, he's running the ball. He's doing he's doing everything. And in this game, it wasn't even like, you know, Odell Beckham goes down pretty early in the first half. And that that puts some pressure on Cup. That puts more pressure on Cup, in my opinion, because while some people don't want to give Beckham a lot of love, he's another weapon in the offense that teams have to consider, right? So you take him away, and you make things just a little harder for Cup. And so this dude just rose to the occasion. You can't deny this kind of stuff. Oh, you get so many targets. Oh, the offense this, the offense that, play calling this, play calling that. Cooper Cup is a special wide receiver. Guys who step up in these moments, guys who make the big plays, guys who do these special things, guys who get those accolades and achievements are not simply because They have a good quarterback who's throwing them the football a lot. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. And I'm not crowning him Jerry Rice. I'm not crowning him the best wide receiver ever. I'm not doing that stuff. I'm just saying to just call him a system wide receiver or a guy who just gets a ton of targets and you can plug and play. Because I see these arguments on Twitter. Oh, if you put this wide receiver in Cooper Cut's spot, he'll do the same thing or better. Come on, man. Stop playing yourself. You're talking ridiculous. You're talking ridiculous. That's all I got to say about that. Let's talk about the third thing from this Super Bowl. The Rams winning just made so much right in the universe in my opinion. Like the storylines, the narratives, the situations that come from this that arise from the Rams winning the Super Bowl rather than the Bengals are are things that I love to hear and talk about. You guys know I love me a good story. I love a good narrative. OBJ Silencing the doubters in a sense. I know he got hurt. I know he came out of the game after that, but he won the Super Bowl. In the game, he scored a touchdown before he got hurt. And the reason I the reason I say silence in the doubters is he comes to the Rams, and while I know the numbers aren't some, you know, amazing, you know, crazy off the charts numbers, but he was scoring touchdowns, he was making plays, and he made that offense better, no matter how you want to slice it. He was making that offense better. And so many people said, this guy is done. Not that he can contribute. Not that he can be a wide receiver too or you know an effective playmaker on a team and elevate the people around him. They said he's finished. Because when the Raiders lost Henry Ruggs, I said, man, I hope the Raiders go after OBJ. And and I had people in my mentions on Twitter, at Clock Dodgers. They're telling me, no, it's not going to happen. He's garbage. He's trash. Who would want him? The Raiders know better. Other teams know better. Here we are. The man just won a Super Bowl, folks. He caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. He had a pretty good year. He elevated the offense. Things looked a little difficult, a little more difficult for the Rams offense when he went out. Cam Akers didn't play really well. Didn't do great. It was a struggle. It was hard. It was hard. Every yard was hard for Cam Akers in this game. I don't know. The Bengals defense stepped up. K. Akers didn't step up and for some reason, it just didn't, it didn't all come together for him how I thought it would. I thought, I thought he would have, you know, more opportunities, but it just, whatever happened, happened, whatever it is, it wasn't pretty, but the story isn't really about, you know, how pretty it was for Cam Akers. It, w- it wasn't about the numbers that K. Akers put up. It's that what he overcame to get here. The fact that this gentleman tore his Achilles earlier in the season and won a Super Bowl as the starting running back for the team is crazy. Another beautiful storyline. And again, I know his numbers didn't jump off the charts. They didn't do anything amazing. But he still played. He still started. Still was a factor in some capacity. And he was a part of the winning team. It gets better, though. Matthew Stafford gets traded to the Rams. He's this guy who he's been good. He's been good throughout his whole career. It's not, no one's doubting that Matthew Stafford was a good quarterback, right? Like, it's this guy that everyone in every in every circle in real life football and fantasy football and everything, everyone's always been a fan of Matthew Stafford in terms of uh, you know what he can do. But what he struggled with was winning in Detroit. <laughs> the wins in Detroit were hard to come by. Right? Like we all know how it goes in Detroit. It's Detroit. Like, it's just not easy to win. They just don't seem to uh you know, something something out there that just doesn't make sense. Uh and, and players struggle. And he even has some good seasons. He has some good seasons in Detroit. I'm not knocking it. Right? Like he has some good seasons. Has some good wins. Not not a lot of them, but he had some good ones. Then he goes to the Rams and wins a Super Bowl. He goes to the Rams and wins a Super Bowl. What how do you how does that feel? Like, hey man, I spent what ten years on another team or whatever it was. And actually more than ten years. I spent ten plus seasons on a team. Ups, downs, ups, downs. Pretty productive throughout the whole thing. Not perfect, but pretty productive and pretty consistent like who he was as a player. and then he goes to this new team and he wins a Super Bowl like come on, man. like that that that's what gets these players you know kind of wondering in terms of you know when guys chase championships as people like to say or they you know go to another team that they feel is better and you're like, why did they leave our team? Why didn't they want to you know stick it out and and, and try to make it work and try to rebuild. And that's why a guy like Derek Carr is is unique in the sense that he's been with the struggling Raiders forever, right? And they've had very little success, but some. And, and, and you have him saying, I want to stay on this team. I want to be on this team. I might, I might retire if I'm not on this team. You got to appreciate that as a Raider fan because, you know, Matthew Stafford did the same thing in a sense, right? Like he did all these years in Detroit and it never paid off. And then he goes to the Rams, and in that season, wins the Super Bowl. And, of course, it's not the same team. It's not the same coaching. It's not the same anything. But it has to be acknowledged that, you know, he he threw for, you know, probably his top three uh, yardage in his career, the most touchdowns he's ever thrown, I think, in a single season. Maybe, actually, no, 2011, he threw the same amount of touchdowns and more yards, actually, um, and less touchdowns. I mean, less interceptions. So um, one of his best years of his career way 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 into his you know his veteran career at this point compared to when that was um, and it's a, it's impressive and it's special and this is why guys sometimes you know don't stick around the losing teams for too long because of stuff like this it kind of it kind of you know legitimizes that decision so shout out to Matthew Stafford for being able to you know shake that Detroit losing swagger off of him Sean McVay Youngest coach to win a Super Bowl. Again, cool story. Sean McVay, overall, good dude. Smart dude. You see a lot of fun stuff, you know, the way he can remember play calls and all these things. You know, he's just a guy to root for. And so it's nice to see that in this, you know, league where a lot of coaches are just rotated and these old guys stick around, and I'm not hating on that, but the young guy. The young guy won a Super Bowl, youngest coach, and both the coaches were like the youngest coaches in football. And that's interesting, right? That's something to think about. Um, but shout out to Sean McVay for being the youngest coach to won a Super Bowl. And, and and the last story that comes out of this Rams won the Super Bowl, the, to me, the most feel-good part of all this is uh, Andrew Whitworth, 40 years old, wins Walter Payton Man of the Year. It's just all around, like, good dude, right? He's telling, he's telling these amazing stories and stuff at the, at the, when he won the award, when he won the award for the year. 40 years old, oldest active player in the NFL after Tom Brady retired, and he won the Super Bowl. Not only did he win the Super Bowl, he did it against his former team. Come on, folks. Come on. That is some exciting. Man, that's an exciting storyline. Come on. They traded all these draft picks. It actually paid off. Cooper Cup is super legit. And then you got OBJ, silencing the doubters, Cam makers overcoming the injury, the, a horrible injury. Uh, Matthew Stafford shaking off that Detroit losing stench. Sean McVay, youngest coach to win a Super Bowl. Aunt Andrew Whitworth, 40 years old, oldest active player, wins Walter Payton, man of the year, and then wins the Super Bowl against his former team. That is a hell of a storyline. And that, that's why I'm, I was happy that the Rams won the Super Bowl. A little better. Bengals beat the Raiders twice this year. Didn't want to see them win a Super Bowl. I will not lie. <laughs> but these are legitimate great storylines for the Rams. So shout out to this year's Super Bowl. It was it was fun to me. It was fun. Um, my kids got involved. Everybody liked it. Everybody enjoyed it. Uh, nobody lost interest. Again, the halftime show carried us over. It was great. Um, it was it was really really uh, just a all around great game, great day, great experience. Those are my top three headlines, storylines, important headlines and topics coming out of the Super Bowl this year. Let me know your favorite. Give me one. Give me two. Give me three. Maybe you agree with all three of mine. I want to hear from you. Reach out to me at Rival Fantasy on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. It's everywhere. At Rival Fantasy. We'll chop it up. We'll talk about your favorite moments from the Super Bowl. Maybe you hated it. (laughs) Maybe you wanted the Bengals to win. Let's hear about that. Reach out, interact, contact us. Don't forget to make sure if you're listening to this episode and you're not subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. If you haven't left us a review, please do so. Your reviews help us carry the show, helps new people find out about us. And again, follow on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever is your platform or choice, at Rival Fantasy. If you, if you send a message when you follow saying, hey, I listen to the podcast, I really enjoy it, we will be following you back. I promise. That is my promise to you. Leave a review if you put your uh, social media handle in the review at whatever you are and just put whatever it is, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, whatever one you prefer. We will follow you there as well. We'll also read your review live on the show. Appreciate you guys. As always, don't forget rivalfantasy.com. Put your email in there. You'll be first to be notified when the uh, website and the app are ready. It's, it's, it's going down, folks. It's going down. I'm out.